if the left doesn't hate you right now and you're in education, I think people should question what you've been doing because y'all, this is a war. If we had the right people on our school board who were willing to follow the law, then we wouldn't need the State Board of Education. We were seeking your help because we have people in office who are not doing these things. You know that my passion is for protecting children from the indoctrination. With my background, I can actually go and help resolve some of these issues. Has the hard radical left lost their minds, Mary? Welcome to today's Bone and Weston Report podcast. We're your hosts, Danielle Weston and Mary Bone. And today I'm really excited, Mary, because I finally get to talk to you about the fact that you are running for Texas State Board of Education, District 10. And I'm going to ask you some questions about this so that our listeners can understand why you're running and learn more about you. Uh, before I ask you the first question though, I do want to share with our listeners a little bit of background about the Texas State Board of Education. There are 15 elected members from around the state and each member represents 1.9 million people. Uh, the State Board of Education meets quarterly uh, down in Austin at the William B. Travis building. And District 10, which is the seat that you are running for, uh, actually includes 27 counties, the largest of which are Williamson County, Bell County, Comal County, and Brazos. When I say largest, that's in terms of population. And so, Mary, if we could just start with you sharing with our listeners a little bit of background about what the State Board of Education does and District 10 specifically. Sure. Thank you, uh, Danielle, for for doing this interview. And I will share a little bit about what SBOE, um, what they currently say they do. And I'm just gonna read this out, out of the uh, State Board of Education website here from TEA. And it talks about that they set the curriculum standards, they review and adopt instructional material, they establish graduation requirements, they oversee the Texas Permanent School Fund, they appoint board members to the military reservation and special school districts, um, and they do a couple of other things. But as you know, and you've heard me talk about this already, that I think SBOE isn't exercising all their power. And maybe we can talk about this here in a little bit, but SBOE by law, I believe, has other powers than these bullet points that are listed on their website. But these are currently what the SBOE members uh, mostly do. And District 10, like you said, it is 27 counties. Um, it includes Williamson County, which is the county you and I live in. Um, and that includes Round Rock ISD and Leander ISD, which are two ISDs in the state of Texas that have created a lot of uh, media articles and have been under attack by the left and for multiple years now, since at least 2020. And we have not seen any help or support from the state. So Mary, you and I have both been down to uh, the State Board of Education, uh, to where they meet. We've, we've both attended uh, their meetings. We've met with some of the members and kind of gotten to know what they do. Uh, given the advocacy that you and I have engaged in uh, here at Round Rock ISD as, as trustees here, and we go down there to try to get help for our children and our families uh, who have been under attack by um, hard left politics. So we have you know some background and understanding um, of, of, uh, of the frustrations that many families around the state are experiencing with the State Board of Education. And I will say, just so that our listeners are clear, the 15 members who are on State Board of Education, this is a majority Republican 
board. And Mary, you are running in the Republican primary against Republican incumbent Tom Maynard, who I believe was first elected in 2012. Um, so can you explain for our listeners kind of specifically why you decided to run against a Republican opponent in the Republican primary? Yeah, thank you for that question. And first, I actually, I'm going to throw this back to you real quick, um, because I would like, I think the listeners would like to know and and understand that you and I have actually talked about SBOE and one of us running for SBOE for probably over two years. In fact, in 2022, uh, this seat actually came back up and we briefly, <laughs> quickly thought about it. They had redistrict and we were just not, we were helping other people run. And so we didn't. But would you like to talk a little bit about why you're not running for this seat? And then I'll talk about uh, what we've seen and why I am running. Oh, sure. And and I think it would be natural for, uh, especially folks here locally where we live in Williamson County and Round Rock ISD to wonder, you know, why is Mary Bone running and Danielle Weston isn't? And how is that decision made? And I'll just say that uh, given the, the high profile that you and I both have now because of our advocacy for children and families, um, and, and pushing back against everything from low academic standards to the woke culture, to the superintendent with a permanent restraining order for family violence, all of these things, you know, we've become very high profile. And with that, you know, a lot of people reach out to both of us, uh, asking us to run for various offices and, and that has happened. And I did consider running, um, for this seat, but in the end, Mary, as you know, I have a large family and I am not new to the political scene. I first ran for public office in 2018. I narrowly lost by less than one half of 1% in the Round Rock ISD election. I ran two years later and won in 2020. And then in 2022, I helped five people try to get elected to Round Rock. And so for me personally, the timing is not good. I really want to focus on my family. Uh, I have a son who's on active duty. Uh, He's been in Europe for a while. He's back in the States. I'd like to spend time with him. So the timing just isn't good for me right now to run for this seat. But I do want our listeners to understand that I am so grateful that you have stepped forward and that you have run with this. Mary, you are working so hard, and we're going to talk about that later in the podcast. But I've seen you at these forums uh, with the incumbent, and you just make me so proud. And I feel like you uh, were born for a time to serve such as this. And you have my complete and total enthusiastic support. I've got your your um, your magnet on the back of my vehicle to drive around to make sure everybody knows that I'm completely behind you. So it's probably good for our listeners to, to clear this up because I know folks are asking. So thank you for that opportunity. Um, so yeah, why don't you just share, you know, wh- why you're so passionate about challenging this incumbent and uh, what you plan to do uh, in the seat. Yeah, as listeners have uh, listened to our podcast, they've seen uh, a few issues, right? We haven't gone over in our podcast all the issues that you and I have seen, but we've touched on a few of the issues that we have had, such as a superintendent with a permanent restraining order, illegal investigations, declining enrollment, um, underachieving schools, and a list of our board not following the, the law and nothing happening. And you and I have advocated and reached out um, to the state level, um, multiple state level agencies and the SBOE and TEA, who listeners should know that TEA and SBOE do work very closely together. Um, Commissioner Morath and the SBOE um, are very tight. And at least that's what our SBOE member has told us in the past. And so 
as we have tried to navigate this system, we have seen, uh, you and I have seen, that there is no support at the state level for these school districts, for these trustees that are absolutely trying to do the right thing for children, even though these are state level laws that we're reading Texas Education Code, and we are not able to get any, really any support or very limited support. Um, I'm trying to think if we've ever gotten support, maybe you can correct me, but you know, very limited support. And what since I've seen that, and when I've read code, and then when I ask some of the, you know, specifically RSBOE member, you know, this is what the code says, and there's always an excuse for for not helping us, or, or you know, well that it says that, but you know, you guys just don't really understand it, and you know, parents get the same explanation, or sometimes we just get no explanation. We're just kind of ghosted. Um, you and I have met with TEA. And you know, no, no explanation, no feedback. Um, there, there are a lot of issues at the state level, and I believe that since we are on a minority board right now, I can go to a majority board, and with my background, with my complex systems engineering skills that I've developed over many years at the Department of Defense and NASA, that I can actually go and help resolve some of these issues and actually help these local school districts where they can actually govern their schools. Because as you've seen, there's no guidance, there's no oversight of the school districts that are supposed to be coming from the state level. So that's why I'm heading to the state level. I'm gonna go work collaboratively. I've already started developing relationships with other SBOE members. As you know, we actually have relationships with many trustees across the state, um, conservative trustees. So we already have those relationships. And I look forward to going and representing conservative parents and conservative board members, trustees across the state at the SBOE and actually get stuff done for our children and our parents. Well, and I know that you know you and I have brought concerns to the incumbent, uh, who is your opponent, Tom Maynard. We've brought concerns to him over the last few years as, as we've been trying to protect children, make sure that the educational interests of children are prioritized. And we've actually brought him examples of the education code here in Texas not being followed in Round Rock ISD. And I specifically remember him making a statement to me that, well, you know, the code is full of paper tigers, which for people who don't know what that means, that means uh, basically rules on paper that mean nothing and are never enforced. And I I was surprised that he said that. And um, he's also said repeatedly that, well, you know, it's the local elections, you know, you gotta, you gotta win the local elections to make sure that the right things happen in your school district. And our point was, well, if we had if we had the right people on our school board who were willing to follow the law, then we wouldn't need the state board of education. We wouldn't need the Texas Education Co uh, Texas Education Agency. We're seeking your help because we have people in office who are not doing these things, and our families, I think, uh, believe or assume that when the local system is not working and laws are not being followed and the interests of children are not and children are not, are not learning and you've got a superintendent with a permanent restraining order for family violence, I think that families believe that that is when the state steps in to protect the children and the families. But you know what I've gotten from this incumbent is that it's really just not his concern or not his problem, or at least he, he just has a general um, attitude, in my opinion, that the State Board of Education has so little that it can do 
and so much that it can't. What are your thoughts, Mary? Because I know you've heard that rhetoric from him as well. There's a constant refrain from him that there's just as very small, little, tiny things that State Board of Education can do. Do you think there are some missed opportunities from this incumbent? And is that part of why you're running? Absolutely. And actually, I'll give uh, the listeners a very specific example. And this is something that we've all been fighting and very passionate about, and that's the pornographic books in the schools. And back in 2021, the governor of our state, Greg Abbott, sent the State Board of Education at least one letter asking them to get the pornographic books out of our schools. That letter is public. You can Google it. You can find it. I believe there was actually three letters, but I know there was absolutely one that's public. And the State Board of Education did nothing. And when I say nothing, I never saw any kind of media release from individual State Board of Education members. I wasn't looking at the whole State Board of Education, so maybe just our member. I didn't see anything from him. And the State Board of Education did nothing. And this was our governor. And you have to ask yourself, so our governor doesn't know who's over pornographic books in schools? And what happens is they abdicate their duties and they make up excuses. And and as a politician, you know, which I've, I've ha- I'm slowly having to learn to own that term, which I don't, you know, I don't particularly like that term, but I do understand I, you have a voice and sometimes it's not what you can do in your position. It's the voice that you have and just have a voice and make sure people know where you stand and make sure that you're going and working with legislators. If that's the path that has to be taken, um, you know, I'm absolutely all about the process and all about, you know, exactly how it has to be done and understanding people's powers and who has, you know, which ability and, but go work with them. But there was nothing with the pornographic books. In fact, in Round Rock ISD and Leander, those pornographic books are still in our schools. So this is just one example of who, who has the power? It seems like nobody has the power. Nobody wants to protect the children. And luckily our legislators did take this up, uh, this past legislative session, and they passed a law, which then got put in the courts and pornographic books are still in our schools. So that's a missed opportunity where I think the State Board of Education can use their voice, let the school districts know what's coming, know, let the school districts know we're working towards this. You actually see this done um, in other states. Um, I've been watching Oklahoma, Oklahoma, their superintendent of schools and their state board of education has been, you know, they've been letting their school districts know what's coming. And they're they're saying, we're going to go through the courts. We're going to do what it takes to make sure this is done. And I think that's what uh, our state board of education, you have to do. But you know, as well as I do, that when you use your voice, the arrows come. And you know the haters are going to hate. And you know you're going to take the arrows. And you know that they're going to try to do everything they can to... Uh, tar and feather you because you've you've gone through that which i think we're going to do a podcast later today um, and talk about that and i think people are afraid of that and you know that i'm not afraid of it i'm going to stand up for the children i'm going to take all of the arrows and i will keep taking them until we get the pornography books out of the school and kids are back to learning and that's what the state board of education they are the only board they're the only body in our whole state that is focused on education of our children and they are failing us and it's time to send people that will go and stand up and use their voice and use their power. And I will tell you the other thing that I think is a missed opportunity is that if they don't have the power, then they need to go to the legislators and say, we need this power. And they need to take their power back and take it away from unelected bureaucrats and quit pointing to the poor TEA commissioner who is appointed by the governor, not elected. And they need to say, 
we're going to own this power. We're going to own the school systems of Texas and we're going to own the education of those children because we're the elected officials. And I'm not afraid to take that power. I'm not afraid to take that responsibility. And I'm not afraid to be held accountable by my community. I appreciate that, Mary. And I'll tell you that a lot of times, you know, when you listen to people running for office and they've not held office before or they're not an incumbent, there's a lot of talk about the things that they're going to do. But you stand on a record and of, of taking the arrows, of advocating for your conservative values, um, for believing in the family unit, for believing that par parents have rights. You stand very strong on that record. And I've my life experience, you know, has led me to understand that the best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. So I think that that's probably uh, one of the reasons, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, has the hard radical left upon learning that you are running against uh, the Republican incumbent, have they lost their minds, Mary? Yeah, if you go to my social media, you'll see that every post, the hard left is there. You know, they've got to say something. They just can't stay quiet. And it's kind of funny. At first, they, they started realizing some of them that, that maybe they didn't want to say anything because they, they couldn't quite figure out if they should say something or not say something. Um, but yeah, they can't stop themselves. And in fact, I've started getting people across the district because they're they're new to my social media and they'll privately message me and go, you, you've got some really interesting folks um, that follow your page. And, and I'm just like, yeah, the left hates Danielle and I. And I think that's the other thing that you have to look at is, you know, does the left, do they like or do they, you know, what do they think of the the incumbent? Because why, if the left doesn't hate you right now and you're in education, then I think people should question <laughs> what you've been doing because y'all, this is a war. Um, you know, people have taken sides. And unfortunately, if if you're not taking arrows from the left in education right now, um, then they're probably happy that they've got the pornography in the schools and, and they're just sailing along with indoctrinating your children. And um, you, you should probably really question anybody in education right now that's not taking arrows from the left. Yeah, Mary, I don't think that the left is confused about uh, what you will do when you get to the State Board of Education because they see what you have done here locally. They know that you have your eyes on uh, whether it's CRT, BLM, the pornography, the sexualization of children, the war on parental rights. I think the left is very clear on exactly where you're coming from and where your focus is going to be. So let's go ahead and pivot. I know you've been working very hard. Um, as you said, as we said at the beginning, it's 27 counties, uh, District 10. So it's a very large area. And I'll just give a shout out to my folks. Uh, they live up in Anderson County, which is actually three and a half hours away from where we're sitting. So it's an enormous district and, and they're looking forward to voting for you, Mary. They're going to be getting your yard sign here just in a couple of days. Um, so uh, as you go out and you visit the different groups with, throughout District 10, talk to our listeners about where you're going, who you're meeting, what you're hearing. Um, are, are folks, uh, is your message resonating? Uh, just kind of share with our listeners how things are going on the campaign trail. Yeah, I've been a, going to meetings about every day. And like you said, um, some of them are a couple of hours away. It's a big district. I like to show up and, and meet all the folks. And of course, this is primary season, so it's not just State Board of Education that's there, but it's a lot of a lot of different people. You know, there's sheriffs, there's county commissioners. But I will say 
education is still at the heart of people. When I get up and I say that I'm running for State Board of Education, people are hungry to hear about why I'm running, um, what I've experienced, um, what I've experienced as a trustee, and what I've experienced as a parent. And I feel like my message is resonating. And really, I, I do get a lot of feedback that people can tell I'm passionate. And I do want people to know I am passionate about this. I will do whatever it takes. Like you said, my history shows I'm a fast learner. Um, I have a PhD in engineering, so I have the capability of learning what I need to learn. Um, and as you know, I am capable of, of dealing with people um, and collaborating with people. I don't know if we've talked about it here, but you and I didn't know each other really well before we got on this board. You and I are two very strong women, personalities. Our husbands would say type A. Yeah, our husbands would. And you and I have worked together really well. I work together collaboratively in teams all the time. And this will not be different for me for going to State Board of Education. And you know that my passion is for protecting children from the indoctrination and from pushing parents out of the schools and getting parents back in. So that message is just resonating with people. They are hungry for it. And they're they're looking for politicians that are actually being truthful. And because I am being truthful, I think that comes across in my message. Um, even yesterday, you know, people that have never met me, they're like, wow, you're really passionate and you do, I can just tell you really believe what you're saying. And I do forget sometimes because we do hang out with politicians that lots of times politicians are just saying the right things. You can tell they really don't mean it. But, you know, lots of times like one person's like, you know, when you talk, it's like going to church, you know, like here in the pasture, really talk about Jesus because you really believe what you're saying. And I go, yes, I do. I believe what I'm saying. I wouldn't be doing this. Um, I would be, you know, doing my engineering gig if I didn't believe in this. Um, so you absolutely know that I believe in this. And I, I know that's why you're one of the reasons you're supporting me. But that is the feedback I'm getting um, is that I think people are hungry for it. And I always tell people, you know, if you want to know something about me, message me. You and I both are open books. Um, you know, we're, we've always tried to be very transparent. Um, and I, I'm still that way. I think voters understand uh, the stakes of these uh, education elections. Um, you know, Texas is the largest red state in the country, and education is the future. That's where our children are. And so I think people are finally waking up to understanding the criticality of these races. Um, so I'm just so grateful that you are running. Can I go ahead and ask you to share with our listeners where they can find you on social media? You know, if, if you have a way that people can request a yard sign, if there's a place where people can donate, how can people around the state, because you don't have to live in District 10 to support you um, in this run. How can people around the state, where can they find you and how can they help you? Yeah, thank you for that opportunity. So they can go to drbone4tx.com. Again, that's drbone4, the number 4tx.com. And they can donate there. They can read more about me. Um, I do have yard signs. Um, you can email me at drbone4tx at gmail.com. And you could request a sign or ask me questions. Um, you can go to Facebook and uh, you know search for me, for Dr. Mary Bone, for SBOE District 10. Um, I believe my handle is uh, drbonesboe10. 
on Facebook and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Bone number four, Texas. Um, and again, I'm looking forward to meeting folks in District 10 um, and having them question me. And I, I would like to know what their concerns are. So maybe on this podcast, when it's posted, you know, drop, drop the concerns in the comments or email me and let me know what your concerns are, what you're seeing out there, um, what you expect from an SBOE member and what we could work with um, with the legislators to actually get our kids back to reading, writing and doing arithmetic. Yeah, I think we'll put your uh, website and where folks can reach you and support you in the in the description for this podcast as well to make it easy for folks. Um, last question: Can you tell our listeners when is this primary election that you were in which you will be on the ballot? It's early March, right? And then I think there's like a week and a half of early voting that starts in late February. It's just it's just the March primary, right? When everything else will be on the ballot, all the other, and like even Senator people don't realize like Senator Ted Cruz is up for re-election. So um, I don't know if he has any primary opponents, but it's the same primary that he'll be on the ballot for um, in early March, along with with others. Yeah, March fifth is election day, and then early voting, of course, is the the two weeks prior. So March fifth is the big day. Put it on your calendars. Um, and go out and vote. And they do have until February, I forget the exact day, but you still have a couple of weeks to go and register. If you have not registered to vote or you need to change your address, go get that done um, and get out and vote. Like voting is just so important. I know you were in the military. Our military folks uh, fight for this right. So just encourage people to get out and vote. Just go vote. Um, you know, you don't have to vote for everybody that's on the ballot. Just go and, and vote. You have the presidential primary is going to be on the ballot. So um, and make sure to go all the way down to SBOE District 10 and, and please vote for, for Dr. Mary Bone. And I guess one thing I did not, I failed to mention at the beginning about District 10 is it is a primarily Republican district, right? So it's it's really thought that the, the uh, next State Board of Education member for District 10 will be decided in the Republican primary. Do you think that's the case, Mary? Yeah, that's how these races work. And you and I have figured this out once we got into politics, but this race is really won in the primary. Our The District 10 is very red, so it'd be very difficult for a Democratic opponent to, to beat me. Of course, I'll be out running until November if I win the primary. Um, but really, the primary is, is very, very important on, on who's going to get sent to the SBOE and, again, help our kids because they it needs it. And if you have grandkids, um, your grandkids. So get out and vote. All right. Well, thanks so much, Mary. I think uh, our listeners learned a lot today about you and why you're running and uh, that now they know where they can help and support you. So thank you. And we will see you next time. 